Hi, and welcome to Pimped, OBGYN, a podcast aimed at helping you excel at your clinical clerkship in OBGYN. I'm Dr. Jennifer Dory, a third-year resident at Thomas Jefferson University in Philadelphia and founder of Pimped, a medical flashcard app. Hey, and welcome back to Pimped. So today we're going to be talking about what you need to know before you go see your first hysteroscopy. So most commonly when you um, are going to go see a hysteroscopy, it's going to be booked in the OR as a hysteroscopy DNC. So let's break that down. A hysteroscopy is essentially taking the same sort of camera that you use for a laparoscopy, but looking inside the hist or the uterus. So we're actually going to distend the uterus. We're going to look inside the uterus. We're looking for pathology or abnormalities within the uterine cavity. And this is done from below. So you um, put a speculum in the vagina, you dilate the cervix, and we're actually able to insert the camera directly into the uterus to take a direct look around, remove pathology if we can see it, um, or just take a sample of the uterus if we just need an overall sample. So that's the second part, the hysteroscopy DNC. A DNC is simply a dilation, the D, and a curatage, which is the C. So we're going to dilate the cervix, and then a curatage is when we take a sharp curette or more, most commonly a sharp curette. And it's just essentially a little ribbon of metal that's put into a U shape. And you use one of the edges of the metal to scrape a little bit of the lining of the uterus off. We're trying to take off that proliferative endometrium that um, that is supposed to build up every time you have a cycle that you're supposed to shed when you then have a period. Um, because in people who are concerned about maybe hyperplasia or even cancer, um, taking a full sample of that uterine cavity is going to help us determine with pathology if there's any concern for cancer or precancer. The other thing we can do with it is that we can scrape off if there's a polyp or something like that that's causing bleeding. Um, we're able to scrape that off with a curette. All right, so let's go a little bit more in depth and just talk about the process and what we're doing each step of the way. So if you go to the OR to see one of these hysteroscopy DNCs, obviously before you go, know why you're doing it, what the goal is. Is there a suspected polyp in the uterus? Is there a suspected fibroid in the uterus? Have they done an ultrasound? Have they done an SIS, which is a saline-infused sauna histogram, where they actually put water up into the uterus using a little cannula while doing an ultrasound. That helps us see polyps and, um, and fibroids a little bit better than with the uterus collapsed on it. Um, and then know what the goal is. Are we just taking a look to make sure there's nothing going on? Do we need to do a sample to make sure she doesn't have cancer? Or are we just looking for a cause of bleeding because she's having really heavy bleeding? The other time, the other thing you can, you'll often see with the hysteroscopy is what's called an ablation, which will be a burning of the, of the lining often because people have um, heavy menstrual bleeding or intermenstrual bleeding. Um, what's now what used to be called menorrhagia and metrorrhagia or menometrorrhagia. So you'll still hear those words around, but now we're often calling AUB or abnormal uterine bleeding <clears throat> hyphen. And then you'll see one of those palm coin. Um, and we'll talk about abnormal uterine bleeding in a different podcast um, to go through all the different causes of it more in depth. Um, but know why we're doing it and sort of what the general goal is and what we expect to see. So you can kind of make sense of what we do see. All right. So when we go to the OR, we're going to put the patient up in stirrups. Sometimes for this, it'll be candy cane stirrups. Sometimes it'll be the yellow fins. We're going to prep and drape like we do for any vaginal procedure. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to usually use a weighted speculum because I, we need to be able to see what we're doing while we do it. Um, grab the cervix with the single tooth tenaculum or a beer clamp or whatever. And then we're going to start dilating the cervix. 
So we're going to dilate the cervix up large enough to fit in our scope. And different facilities are going to have different scopes. And use some use a resectoscope, which will allow you to put in um, essentially little forceps and things to remove um, any pathology you see. Other ones will use things like MyoSure or similar products that allow you to um, take a more thorough sample or take out uh, like a myoma or a fibroid, something like that. Um, but you're going to dilate it up as far as you need, but not further. The goal is that the hysteroscope fits in snugly because once the hysteroscope is in, you're going to be putting some type of fluid through the hysteroscope to allow for distension of the cavity to allow us to actually visualize. The same way that you put CO2 in the abdomen to get pneumoperitoneum to then be able to visualize, we're going to do in the uterus to be able to see. So this is something you'll often get asked questions about. What fluid do we use to distend the uterus. And the reason being there's been some evolution over time on how we do this. Um, there are both electrolyte-rich solutions and electrolyte-poor solutions. Um, there, what used to be more common um, were the electrolyte-based solution. So things like even just LR, dextrose, glycine, sorbitol, mannitol, um, and basic normal saline and LR used to be used, but they can't be used with any monopolar energy. Um, and you have to keep in mind, the other thing is anything we put into the uterus can actually be absorbed into systemic circulation. And so when we use things like LR or even normal saline, things that contained electrolytes that could then be absorbed, we can mess with the patient's systemic electrolyte balance. And so we could cause massive complications if they absorbed, if the patient absorbed too much of the fluids. So there's a lot of different things we can and sometimes do use. There's um, electrolyte-rich solutions, electrolyte-poor solutions, everything from things like normal saline, LR, pure water, um, sor sorbitol, mannitol, glycine, dextrose, all of those things. These We're getting into a little bit more of the resident level question to kind of talk about the specific fluids. But what you should know is that these fluids can be sy absorbed systemically. And one of the things we keep wondering about while we're doing a procedure is what's our fluid deficit? What's the amount of this fluid we're putting in that could have been absorbed systemically? The reason being, one of the feared complications of a hysteroscopy is hyponatremia. You can cause an acute drop in their sodium level, which as you all know, leads to that forever shelf question of pontine myelinolysis. And so if you get acute um, hyponatremia that is then too rapidly corrected, you can get this acute pontine myelinolysis. Um, so people will occasionally ask you about that uh, and just whether or not that's possible or what's a complication. Talk about fluid status is the most common complication related to these hysteroscopy DNCs. All right. So then let's go back and let's talk more about the procedure. So you put the scope in, you look around, either you see pathology or you don't. One of the things you're going to want to identify in every hysteroscopy whenever possible is both ostia, so the insertions of the fallopian tubes. Um, you want to make sure that you can see both fallopian tubes. They're not obstructed. Um, and that's also going to tell you that you're definitely at the fundus of the uterus. Um, and during this whole time, you're going to be adjusting the amount of water or the amount of fluid that's going into the uterus to try to not over distend it because we don't want to force the patient to absorb all this fluid. Um, but you also want to be able to see. So you got to balance those two while you do it. Um, if you're done with the hysteroscope, say there's no pathology, all right, we just need to get a sample of the uterus now, then we take out the hysteroscope, we do a quick sampling, we're going to use the sharp curette around all four different edges of the uterus, and we're going to 
do the curette until we feel what we call this gritty texture. Um, and possibly on one of these procedures, you'll be able to feel this, but it goes from feeling like you're scraping more like butter to scraping sandpaper. You're getting a little bit of resistance and it feels a little bit bumpy with the curette. Um, the other instruments we might use would be things like a polyp forceps if we knew we're going after a specific um, polyp or group of polyps. Um, again, we could use a resectoscope to go at something specifically under direct visualization or something like a myosure or some other type of resectoscope to um, go after a specific pathology using the camera. Oftentimes, these are quick, short procedures, but they're what we would consider one of our bread and butter procedures. So you probably will see at least one of these um, during your rotation. These patients will um, do really well post-op. They go home the same day. They often just have a little bit of cramping. They'll take some type of NSAID for their cramping, but very rarely do they actually need anything more than that. Um, so that's it. That's not a whole lot, but before your hyster first hysteroscopy, those are the most important things to know. Um, the, oh, the other random question I've heard both medical students and interns get asked, what is the relationship in terms of number between the dilator size you're using um, and the diameter, so the actual dilation of the cervix. And the most common dilators are, that are used are used, um, they're in relation to pi. So the dilators are numbered by their um, circumference of the circle, whereas the diameter, to then get the diameter, you divide by pi. So you divide by 3.14 or 3 if you're just wanting to make quick math of it all. So if you get asked about the that relationship, so the dilators talk about circumference, what we care about is usually the diameter. All right, that's it on hysteroscopy. Let me know if you got questions. Uh, message us at... Uh, on our Facebook or on the comments below and uh, let us know if you have any other questions or specific topics you want us to talk about. Have a good day, guys.